Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. In our desire to be great, we have an example in Mary, the mother of Jesus, for somebody who walked the earth in a humble way. Jesus tells us in today's scripture that the great will be humbled and the humble will be exalted. And Mary has been exalted. She received the angel's visit. She walked the earth next to the king of heaven. And as such, we can look at her for recourse, for assistance. We can look at her as an example because she is the mother of God. She walked right next to him and he was born of her. What an amazing thing to meditate today on the greatness of God's glory dwelling amongst us. Imagine that the reading for today of Ezekiel is written while he is on exile in Babylon. That these images that he presents in the readings of today where he receives a vision of the glory of God in the temple is written while he is in a place of persecution, where he is in a place of slavery, where everybody has lost everything they had and they've been brought to a foreign land. And this reading is in chapter 43, the first verses, and an angel leads him to a gate that is facing east. The orientation of temples and churches are important. Even the churches we build today are are built with an altar facing east so so that as we are facing the altar we are seeing the rising of the sun behind and we are reminded of the rising of jesus which is symbolically represented in that ability to face east in an altar here ezekiel sees the glory of god he hears the sound of roaring waters and he falls on the ground as the glory of the god enters the temple and then he sees a voice or hears a voice, sees a man that's standing there and, and hears a voice, son of man, this is where my throne shall be. This is where I will set the soles of my feet. Here I will dwell among the children of Israel forever. This reading takes us right to Mary because this is where God establishes his throne in Mary because she is going to be the bearer of God and her feet are going to be the souls of God that is indwelling in Mary. And there, in her womb, he is going to dwell among the children of Israel. As we see that God sets promises from the beginning of salvation to say, I'm coming, I'm coming, look for me, prepare the way, I'm coming. Here in Ezekiel, hundreds of years before Mary says yes to God, and God comes in her, in the Holy Spirit, indwelling in her. We have the promise that God is going to live amongst us. 
as we think today of God's presence in the world, we are really meditating on the very special place that Mary plays in this plan of salvation and that the glory of God enters the, the temple that Ezekiel sees in a vision reminds us that he is going to enter into the temple of Mary's heart and womb to become one of us. The theme continues on Psalm 85. The glory of the Lord will dwell in our land on verse 10. So we are aware again that as God in his glory, in his kingship, in his rulership of the world, decides to choose Mary to come and dwell amongst us in her. And that she hears the proclamation from God. Listen to the psalm. I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for he proclaims peace. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him, glory dwelling in our land. To know that Mary becomes the tabernacle of God's glory, that God will dwell and walk until Jesus is born and that then Mary will be the one carrying him, feeding him, teaching him, nourishing him, tending to any falls or any moments of sadness or fear in the night, that the glory of God then will dwell in her home, that for all the years of Jesus' silent life, he will be dwelling in Nazareth, in Mary and Joseph's home, and that the glory of God will dwell in that home. Kindness and truth shall meet, says the psalm. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. The moment that Jesus decides to dwell amongst us, he chooses a family to do that. And as he is king of heaven and earth, his mother and his father play a special place in salvation and have a special place in that family of God's kingdom. The Lord himself will give his benefits, says the psalm. And those benefits are the benefits of being the mother and the father of a king. So as we meditate on that family to which we belong, we are children of a king and Mary is the mother of a king. And this has been part of a meditation for the church since the very beginning. There's a council that happens in Ephesus, and we see it in the Bible. And in that council, they are trying to decide on the kingship and the um, divine nature of God. And Mary, by being the mother of God, then receives a very special place in salvation. And for us, then, in terms of how much we can imitate her as the most perfect follower of Jesus. We find Jesus again talking to the scribes and the Pharisees as he's facing the crowds with the disciples and they are coming to speak with him. We've seen them talk for the last couple of days, coming to challenge Jesus to find a way to get him in trouble. So we are in Matthew 23. And the scribes and the Pharisees, um, we hear, have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Therefore, do and observe all things whatsoever they tell you, but do not follow their example. For they preach, but they do not practice. 
this is an important idea that we may know everything in our heads that has to be done, but unless we're putting it to practice, unless we're actually living it, then the thoughts are very useless because they just serve as intellectual understanding. And that is very valuable, but that is not enough to actually enter the kingdom of heaven and to live it while we are on earth. Mary is a perfect example of following God's inclinations, inspirations, commandments, statutes, invitations. She gives this great yes that we call fiat because in her yes, all of salvation becomes possible. All the promises that we see from the law and the prophets and the judges, everybody that comes before her is waiting for that yes. So seated in the chair of Moses are the scribes and the Pharisees and they boast about it and they lord it over their people. Not so with Mary. Mary is the prime example of humility. She even tells the angel when he comes to see her, but how is this to happen? You know, she is just a, a simple maiden. And Jesus is very harsh with the Pharisees because he wants true justice and he wants true mercy. And he ends the passage for today saying, the greatest amongst you must be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And Mary is an example of deep humility. Throughout the Gospels, we see her appear only a few times. And the majority of those times is silent. But she's there at the foot of the cross. She's there at the cenacle when the apostles are gathered in fear of persecution, waiting for the Holy Spirit. Mary is there at the beginning of the church, at the pouring of the water in the blood by, Je by Jesus at the cross, and at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. She's there at all the important moments where as queen of this kingdom, she is going to hold a position of authority, but from a very humble place. So let us celebrate Mary's queenship as her, her son has appointed her as this pivoting place where all of salvation hinges. And her acceptance of this role elevates us because she allowed Jesus to become one of us. And by being one of us, she is humbled. By being God's mother, she's elevated. So she's this bridge between the divine and the human. And as such, we can really come to her and observe her because her gaze on that little baby, her gaze on that little cross that becomes a huge cross, many little crosses that he might have made making tables or making chairs with his father as carpenter, then become this great cross. And we can follow Mary's gaze as she gazes upon the king of the world. And we can say, blessed are you amongst all women with Elizabeth. And we can say, hail Mary with the angel. She is praised by the heavenly courts. She is praised by the people of her time. She is given to us at the foot of the cross by Jesus. And as such, we can rejoice that we have a queen in heaven. She can intercede for us. She can um, bring things to us 
because she did. She was there at the multiplication. She was there when the wine was uh, multiplied and water was turned into wine. She's there for salvific moments in Jesus' journey. He turns to her for strength on the way to Calvary. She is there in the pivoting moments when Jesus needs support, when he needs a sign. She's there when she says, well, what are you going to do about the wine? And Jesus tells her, my hour has not yet come. Let us ponder Mary's place in salvation, the greatness of her yes, the way in which heaven and earth meet in her for our benefit. So let us pray. Father, thank you for choosing to dwell in us. Thank you for choosing a maiden that can be our example. May she walk with us always as we return back to heaven on our earthly walk. May we imitate her. May we borrow from her words. Let us do whatever he tells us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Thank you.